This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Can you give me this in the Amplified also? It says, For I know the plans. You, you know when you say, I have plans for you. <laughs> for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of peace and well-being. And not for disaster. This is the Bible, Lord. To give you a future and a hope. Somebody say amen. amen. You may please be seated. While you're seated, I want you to turn to your neighbor and just tell your neighbor, God has good plans for you. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to enjoy life. Ask the neighbor, do you believe it? What did the neighbor say? Well, it's not about what they are saying. It's how their face looks when they are saying it. <laughs> so you can quickly relocate. If you discover the neighbor is not sure. <laughs> Praise God. Now you see, on Sunday, third service to be specific, pastor was talking about words. And he's been talking about it for some Sundays now. And if you've not heard the message, please go get the message. I mean, the three services on Sunday, ah, it is well. And in the third service, pastor started out by talking about words, and then he spoke a little about prayer and linked it to words and how our angels respond to the words of the Lord, the voice of God through our mouth. Amen. You know, one of the things I've discovered is that a lot of times when people pray, they are not very sure God would answer. As a matter of fact, if you take a poll amongst Christians, well, professing Bible-believing Christians, and you ask them, do you really believe that if you pray now, God is going to answer? I can assure you that a large percentage of the people you're going to ask are not going to be sure. And that's because people treat prayer like a game. You know, it might work, it might not work. You know, we are not sure. And I believe you understand the spirit in which I'm going to say this. Sometimes when people even share testimonies, right? They are sharing the testimony from the perspective that, ah, it worked. You know, they are not sharing the testimony to say, wow, bless God. They are sharing from that perspective that, hey, hey, you mean it worked? They are not sure it worked. So when it worked, they, ah, it worked this time. If you ask them, duplicate, can you duplicate the same thing? Aha. Uh -huh. say, well, let's trust God. <laughs> say, we well, are believing God that it will work. But you know, what is interesting is that when you study God's word, 
it is very clear that God's desire is that when we pray, the next thing that should follow is answers. That's God's desire. And in case you're doubting what I just said, I just read a few verses of the Bible to you. The Bible says God's plan for you is that you enjoy life. God's plan for us is that we live life to the full. God's plans for us are of good and not of evil. A lot of times, some of the things we are desiring, they are good things. So God's plan is that you enjoy good in this world, not when you get to heaven. As a matter of fact, you know, I've heard pastors say that, you know, when people get to heaven, there'll be tears. And the Bible says that in Revelations, right? And the tears is not going to be a function of, I mean, people crying, that, ah, I made it. No, a lot of times it will be, ha, ah, these were all the things I could have enjoyed. <laughs> and I missed it. I said, well, sorry, it's over, but don't worry, you're in heaven. Just enjoy this one here. But the life you lived on earth, there's so many things you live without that you were not supposed to have lived without. Praise God. Now, when you read the Bible, it is God's plan and desire that every time we pray, now hear what I just said, every time we pray, we receive answers. Matthew chapter 7. And that's why I want to talk to us this evening about how to receive answers when we pray. Matthew 7, from verse 7. Now, if you have the kind of Bible that I have, um, this word will be written in red, meaning these are the very words of Jesus. Now, Jesus said... Not Joshua. <laughs> Jesus said, and I want us to read it together. One, two, let's go. Ask, and it shall be what? Given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 8. For everyone, not some people, everyone that what? Ask it. Receive it. That means in God's plan, receiving should automatically follow asking. You ask, you receive. You ask, you receive. That's God's plan. Jesus said it himself. He says for everyone. He didn't say for some people. He says for everyone that asks it, receive it. He says ask. Very simple law. The same way. You see, this verse carries the same potency and power as whosoever believeth in Jesus shall be saved. It carries the same power. It carries the same power as by the stripes of Jesus, we've been healed. It carries the same power. Jesus meant it. That when you ask, the next thing that you follow is receiving. He says, for everyone that asks it, receive it. Now, verse 9 begins to explain the philosophy, the thinking of Jesus when he was saying this. He says, or what man is there of you who, if his son asks bread? I know on Sunday we celebrated Father's Day in church. He says, whom he will give a stone. Verse 10. He says, or if he ask a fish, we'll give him a serpent. Verse 11. He says, if ye then, being evil, <laughs> when you compare 
the earthly father to God. He says, know how to give good gifts. Somebody say good gifts. Can you give me this verse in the Amplified? Good gifts. I mean, how many people like good gifts? Do you, you want to receive good gifts from God? You, good gifts. Now, see, read. He says, if ye then evil, sinful by nature. Remember, Jesus was talking about to unregenerated people here. He says, as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts. Do you know what an advantageous gift is? <laughs> Something that gives one an advantage. Let me explain. If I ask you to walk from here to Abuja, I say, walk. How many days do you think it will take you to get to Abuja? What? What? Just check Google Maps. Don't worry. Maybe one week, one month. <laughs> it will take a while, isn't it? That's even if you get there. All right. That's number one. If I give you a bicycle, I say, yeah, start riding a bicycle to Abuja. How long would it take you to get there? Well, you will get there faster than the person walking, isn't it? Okay. Now, if I give you a bike, motorbike, would you get there faster? Yes, you will. If I give you a car, would you get there faster? Yes, you will. Now, if I give you a private jet, would you get there faster? I mean, I like that one. Now, this is good gifts, advantageous gifts. You see, the kind of gift that gives you an advantage. So if somebody says, walk from here to Abuja, and the person says, you know what? I want to give you a gift that will help you. And the person gives you a trainer. <laughs> Then somebody else says, I want you to walk from here to Abuja. I give you that private jet. I mean, you see, that private jet is what you call advantageous gifts. Right? The gift that gives you an advantage in life. He says, if you know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, meaning as an earthly father, there are certain things you would not want your child to go through. Right? Your child calls you, depending on their age anyway. He calls you and makes certain demands. I remember some months back, <laughs> you know, I had the very um, great privilege of traveling with Pastor, myself and my wife, to, to the UK, went for this um, Messy Encounters, the UK edition. And, of course, you have to, you know, let your kids know you are traveling. So, and... Trust me, you have to convince them that don't worry. Because once you tell my son, the first thing he's going to say is, ah, you are going to the UK without us. <laughs> like, ah, ah, I mean, how could you have talked about it without us? <laughs> and you know, so <laughs> you have to convince, right? So I said, okay, what do you want? And he said, well, I want a sword, a toy sword. I said, okay, no, no problems. I said, uh, how about the sword? <laughs> I didn't know how much sword was until I saw. <laughs> so I got there. So when we went to price the sword, you know, <laughs> what was I telling? I was telling somebody on Sunday. <laughs> you know, so I got there. I said, how much is this sword? And the person said, was it 90 pounds? I said, eh? Toy sword? I said, don't worry. It's not, it's not can't be that serious. <laughs> And I left, right? So, <laughs> when, so I went back, and when I called him, I was talking to him on the phone. I was trying to convince him how, and there are other things we can buy. <laughs> 90 pounds for sword. <laughs> and then he said, no, it's the sword. 
and you know him and his brothers. So there, there were it was more than one. So I stylishly was trying to get convinced that I shouldn't buy the sword. You know, let's look for something else. So one day, pastor said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to look for a gift for, for Josh. And he said, oh, really? He said, so what does he want? I said, sword. He said, okay. I said, ah, sir, it's not okay. It's 90 pounds for one sword. Now, you might not know. It's 90 pounds. How much is pounds now in Nigeria? That's, sorry? It's about, that's about 9,000 something. Now, of course, it's not, it's not the 9,000 something that is the issue. It's the, the fact that as the sword is getting home, it is spoiling. So, you know what I mean? So, so pastor said something that day. He said, no, don't worry. You can buy it for them. Say, if you need more money, I'll give you. <laughs> right? He said, the joy is that they got what they wanted. And I said, oh, okay. That's another way to see it. <laughs> so I went there and I bought uh, this 90 pounds. <laughs> now, what's my point? My point is this. I'm an earthly father, right? And my child asks me for different things. And I would, I know days that I'm coming back from work, I'm tired, and you know, just calling, how are you, Jeremy? And they say, um, ah, daddy, yeah, are you coming back home? They say, yes, ah, please, look for Biggie. I say, ah, Biggie, from where? He said, and it's the purple one, because, I, because they want to play with the cock. And I'm looking for Biggie. I used to be driving tired, but I say I'm not going to get to without telling these boys that there's no biggie. So I'll go from one to Baba and looking for biggie. <laughs> I went out, oh, do you have biggie? You know, the purple one, purple one. You know, you know, but I'm an earthly father. I would do things to make sure that they are fine. And I know lots of fathers here would do the same. But God, Jesus was saying in that verse, can you give us that verse again? He says, if you know how to give good and advantageous gifts to you, it says, how much more? Somebody shouts, how much more? He says, will your father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, ah, <laughs> give what is good and advantageous to those who keep what? Asking him. So, it is established in God's word that his desire is to give us good things, to make us live a good life. But why is it that lots of believers live without enjoying the good things of life? I want to show you some things tonight. Why do people not receive from God? It's his desire. James chapter 4. And as you're listening to this message, I want you to begin to think about something. And you might already have it in your mind, but think about one, two, three things that you want to ask God for. I heard this evening as I was praying about this, when, when Daddy told me that we're going to be doing, I was going to be doing this. And what I heard was that this night is a night of answers to prayers. Right? So I want you to be thinking about it. If you want to write it down, write it, type it, anything. No matter, no matter how long that situation has lingered, there is an anointing in this service, not because of me, but it is divine for every prayer to be answered tonight. So begin to write it down. Type it on your phone, something. Think about it. Now, James chapter 4, verse 1, 
James began to speak and he says, From whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even as your lusts that war in your members. Verse 2. He says, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, ye have not, because ye ask not. Now, what is James saying? James is saying, you see, a lot of wranglings, a lot of, you know, sometimes, I mean, people call you beef, you know, you know, offenses, you know, envying, a lot of, you know, being dejected, a lot of being sad. Some people say, I'm getting into depression. A lot of all of those things. He says, a lot of times, they're a result of people not having. Having, and remember, having can be anything. It can be having health. It can be having money. It can be having a job. It can be having peace. It can be having a great boss. It can be having anything. Lack in any form. He says those things happen because people do not have. And he says the reason why people do not have, number one, he says because you ask not. Remember where we read in Matthew. He says, ask and you shall receive. So if you are not asking, what are you going to receive? He says, because you ask not. So James is saying the first reason why people do not have and enjoy life is because they do not even ask. Then the second reason, verse 3. He says, ye ask and receive. Now for those that are even asking, he says, they ask and receive not because you ask amiss. That means you are asking not in the right way. You are asking in an inappropriate way. So there is a way to ask. So two very powerful things. Number one, asking. Number two, not asking rightly. I have three or four reasons, rather, why people do not receive. The first is that people do not ask. Now, in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 32, you read the story of what we've called the prodigal son, right? Jesus didn't call the guy the prodigal son, but we've called him the prodigal son. And he reads the story about, he tells us a story about a man that had two sons. Now, the Bible tells us categorically that the younger one, after a while, went to the father and said, Father, give me. He was asking. <laughs> he says, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And the father divided them and gave the younger son. And the Bible, I mean, you read it. He went, wasted it on riotous living. And in his dejected and poor state, he still remembered and said, Ah, you know what? The way I'm suffering here, if I can go back to my father, I will tell him, Father, I have wronged you. I'm so sorry. He says, well, um, can you just... He was still asking even in his... <laughs> I like this guy. Even in his state, after doing what he did, one thing he understood was how to still place a demand. Because he knew the magnanimity of his father. That my father can take it. Now, when he came back and he asked, the Bible says the father ran to him and said, don't worry about it. Said, let's started a party because of this son. And then the elder son, and that's where I want to go. A lot of believers are like this elder son. Now the elder son, the Bible says the elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, the Bible says he had music and dancing. And then he called one of the sons and said, what's happening? They told him. And he was so upset. Then the next verse, he says he was angry. I would not go in. And then his father came out and met him. And the father said, why are you angry? 
Now, the next verse, he answered the father. Now, listen to what he said to the father and listen to the response of the father. The father said, Lo, he said, These many years I've served you. I've not transgressed at all. Every time, all the things you've told me to do, I've done. Doesn't it sound like some Christians? I've been serving you in church. Lord, I mean, how many years? And yet, he says, You didn't even give me a kid. A kid is a young goat. You didn't even give me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. Now, he says, but as soon as this, your son, has come back, <laughs> you have wasted, he has wasted your money. He said, you killed the fatted cow for him. Listen to what the father said. Verse 31. And he said unto his son, thou art ever with me. Now, listen to the next verse. He says, all that I have is thine. What was he saying? This is what the father was saying. Ha, well, why are you getting angry? All that I have is yours. You've never asked. That's what the father was telling him. But your younger brother has always asked. He knows how to ask. <laughs> he said, you've not asked. He says, all that I have is yours. Same thing when you come into the kingdom of God. All that God has is whose? Is whose? Is yours. Is mine. Is yours. You have access to healing. You have access to everything that God's kingdom can offer. You have access to it. But you know the problem? The first problem is that a lot of sons or children of God do not even ask. And I believe he got the message. The Bible does not tell us he did, but I would want to believe so. But lots of believers are in these states. They are not asking. You are in the office and you are working. They give you a tight deadline and a very difficult task to do. Do you ask God for help? You have at your disposal the person of the Holy Spirit who knows everything. Do you know? Ah, do you know that? <laughs> do you know that you can actually, and I say this very carefully, do you know that if you need it, the Holy Spirit can download. Have you seen those movies where they plug something into somebody's head, they download the software, and the person can now do something they could not do before? Have you seen movies like that? Do you know the Holy Spirit can actually give you access to information that you might not have naturally studied before? Well, I know, and I've leveraged it a lot of times. I heard the story many years ago of one crusade. It was a Maurice Cerullo crusade. Maurice Cerullo is a man who's gone to be with the Lord, a wonderful man of God. You know, pastor was talking about to us about him earlier today in the office. And he came to a crusade in Nigeria. And when he came, one of the things he always liked was somebody playing the keyboard. And as he came, I wanted to minister. The person who was supposed to play the keyboard some things happened, and it's not like today that you could pick a phone and call the person and say, where are you? So they didn't know where the person was. The person was nowhere to be found. And as they were looking for who or who or who, you know, I mean, the time, it was already time. One man by the name, and because he wrote this book, I read the book, um, Brother Akin Yemi, he called his name, went to the keyboard, and he sat down on the keyboard and said, Lord, you know my heart, that I really want this meeting to go well. And God said, start to play. And he put his hand on the keyboard. He's never played the keyboard in his life. 
and he just started to play the keyboard. You know, <laughs> at the time when he was writing that book, he said, till today, I play the keyboard. He said, I don't even know key. I don't know all those things. <laughs> he says, it's an anointing. He says, whenever I need to play the keyboard, I just sit on the keyboard and I put my hand and I start to play. Some of you are looking at me, eh? Yes. <laughs> it is a possibility in God. Do you ask? Or you behave like the other people that have nothing, I mean, and you are struggling. You know, sometimes you want to make a decision between this and this, this sister and that sister. You know, but do you know that the Holy Spirit can see ahead and know who's the better person for you? Sometimes you have, depending on philosophy, to know who the better person is. She's smiling, she's laughing. If I throw the ball up, she'll be smiling. If she doesn't smile, she's not the one. So if I go, if I, as I enter a house, if this, she stands up, she's the one. If I come, ah, hey, the devil will organize pin on that, but she'll stand up. Just say, That's... <laughs> you can ask. You can ask. You're feeling pain. And I, I've trained myself that way, right? I'm feeling a pain somewhere. And the pain comes up. The first thing to do, before I even, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declared God's word and I ask. Because we have access to all of these resources. I'm faced with a challenge. I want to pay house rent. <laughs> before you come and organize that, ah, as I get to church, I'll look around and see who I can go and corner somewhere. You'll be amazed that if you ask, you know, God if God wants to talk to someone, he would direct you to the person you are supposed to talk to. And the person would know. Ask. That's the first thing. Number two, a lot of times, when people say they are asking, eh, in prayers, they are not actually asking. They are complaining to God. So it says you ask and receive not. Why? Tell me. You pray amiss. You've, you're asking amiss. You're not asking according to the right order. Now, there are different things the Bible says about asking amiss. I don't have the time this evening to go into each of them. For example, the Bible talks about asking in faith, right? James chapter 1. The Bible talks about asking with joy, right? The Bible ask, talks about asking boldly, right? The Bible talks about asking with no offense, Right? You can't have offense in your heart. You clear those things, right? But I want to focus on one tonight and as, as I round up. Now, 1 John chapter 5. It's a very popular verse or verse of the Bible that we read. 1 John 5 from verse 13. And I chose to start from verse 13 because verse 13 gives context to verse 14 that we always talk about. Now, if you go to verse 14, let's read verse 14 then come back to verse 13. Verse 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to the, his will, he heareth us. Right? And we quote that. Now, this verse starts with and. And in English is a conjunction, isn't it? it a conjunction is any word that what? Brings two sentences, phrases, or whatever together. So they are explaining each other. So you can't really understand verse 14 until you understand verse 13. So verse 13 says, These things I have written unto you that believe on the name 
of the Son of God. Who is he talking about here? Believers, right? Believe in Jesus. He says that ye may know that you have what? Eternal life. Remember where we started from, John 10, 10. Have and enjoy life, isn't it? He says, and that ye may, ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Doesn't that look like tautology? He says, this is I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on... What is he saying? The first one is talking about who we are in Christ. The second one is talking about using the name of Jesus. Right? He says, and that ye may believe. You may believe to use the name of Jesus. Then he goes to verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. What is he saying? He's talking about using the name of Jesus in the place of prayer, that that is the will of God. You know, a lot of times when we read this verse, people are fixated on what he's talking about is what you are praying about. So you carry, you say, ah, okay, um, should I take this job or not? So that's what he's talking. That's not what he's talking about in this verse. He's talking about this verse from the context of how you pray and not what you are praying about. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? Let me explain to you. Go to John chapter 14. And you see this very clearly. John chapter 14. John chapter 14 says verse 13 and 14. Sorry, verse 23. Sorry, 14, 13, 13 rather. 13. He says, and whatsoever ye ask in what? Talk to me, saints. In what? In my name that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. He says, and if you ask anything, what is anything? Huh? Anything is anything minus nothing. If you ask anything, how? How? In my name. What did Jesus say would happen? I will do it. Now, the word do there means that if this thing that you are asking has never been done, for any human being before, I will do it. You can be the first person that I will do it for. He says, if you ask, as long as what you are asking for is in my name. Remember where we started from. You see, knowing what to ask, of course, starts with the word of God. You knowing what the word of God says and all of that. God has taken all of that. Jesus is taking that for granted. And he's saying here that how you ask is important, right? He's saying what you are asking, you must ask in my name. Go to John chapter 16. You see the same thing written there. And Jesus is saying the same thing. John 16, 23 and 24. He says, John 16, 23 and 24. He says, and in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily. When Jesus says verily, verily, what is he trying to say? Listen to this. Oh. I say unto you, whatsoever. Sorry, what is whatsoever? Huh? Huh? Okay. Ye shall ask the Father how? He will what? Verse 24. Ithato have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and what? And that what? The joy. Enjoy. Remember? The joy of a lot of Christians are not full because they are not asking and asking in his name. When you ask him, why? What is so powerful about asking in his name? 
And I round up here. Philippians chapter 2. Have you written down or are you thinking about what you want to pray about? Right? Philippians chapter 2. Verses 11. Or 9. You can start from 9. Then we'll go to 11. He says, wherefore God, talking about the name of Jesus, God had highly exalted him and given him what? A name. Some version says the name, and I like those versions better. Which is above every name. Verses 10. He says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Verse 11. He says, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. God wants our life to bring God glory. Jesus wants our life to bring God glory. And he's saying here that what is powerful about the name of Jesus is that every element in heaven, on earth, beneath the earth, they respond to his name. When you make a request in the name of Jesus, what is going to happen is that the entire power of heaven is backing that request. Amen. Amen. Is backing that request. What is it that you desire for God to do for you tonight? What is it you desire? What is it you want? Is it a land? Is it a house? What is it you desire? There are no, when, when the Bible says that God is the God of possibilities, it says he's the God of all flesh, right? The Bible is not joking. You wanted to get you out of debt, you are owing so much, and you've been trying to figure out how to deal with all of the debt. Well, saints, you can ask. You can ask. You can ask. Of course, there is the place of recognizing when answers come, and then speaking in alignment with God's word. But tonight, I just feel impressed to just stay here. You can ask, what is it? What is it that you want? What is it you want? You can ask. And it does not matter how long this matter has stayed. <laughs> there is grace here this evening for answers to come to every prayer. Can you rise up on your feet? And I want you to begin to ask tonight. All you're going to do is, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for this in accordance with your word. Lord, I thank you. I ask for wisdom. What is it you need? Is God everything you need here? <laughs> there is that song that says, is God everything you need in the Father's house? Everything you need. Everything. Is it healing for your body or the body of a loved one? Since you can ask. Ask in his name. When we use the name of Jesus, there is power that comes into operation. The entire heaven is back of that word. Ask and you shall receive. You can ask. What do you want? I mean, I hear God saying that tonight. What do you want? What do you want? House rent, job, 
what do you want? A spouse, what do you want? A child, say, I've asked many times. Well, since this night is different, you can ask. What do you want? Is it a breakthrough in your business? Is this business, you've, has, you've been bothered about your business? Since you can ask. You can ask for customers. You know, God is so good. Got to a point in Psalms 2. He says, ask of, the, of me, of the nations. <laughs> there is something that happens when saints ask. He wants our joy to be full. You can ask, saints. You can ask tonight. What do you want? Is it another job? You can ask. Is it favor? They've been castigating you in your place of work. Yes, you can ask. You know, the answer can come in form of wisdom, telling you what to do, what not to do. But sometimes it can just be God's close, God clothing you with a fresh dimension of favor. Is it finances? You can ask. God can open a door. You mean you've been applying and applying and applying since this night is different. Whatever you ask for tonight, the answer is going to come speedily. Say, Father, I ask in your name, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want you to begin to thank God because it is done. Just begin to thank him because it is done. That's another way to ask, right? Begin to thank him because it is done. Begin to thank him and make sure from this night your words are consistent with what you've, the answer you've received. Don't say anything to negate this. So, Father, thank you for my job. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for favor. Thank you for peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the land. Thank you for the house. Thank you for the rent. Thank you. Thank you. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. And in Jesus' name, we give thanks. Father, I have done what you asked me to do tonight. Thank you for all of the testimonies that shall come forth. It's going to all be to the glory of your name in Jesus' precious name. Is somebody glad to be, have been in service tonight? Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. And that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Yes.